This week on Right Now, I'm joined by Jamie Mitchell of Gays Against Groomers, a coalition of gays against the sexualization, indoctrination and medicalization of our children. Watch the whole interview and all our guests, Christian Markijani, Matt Gubber and Jamie Starkey, by clicking onto iconic.com and starting a free seven-day trial. Hello and welcome to Right Now. This week I was on the Isle of Wight visiting family. We took a trip out to a local pub for lunch and it turns out the owner was a fella a year or two younger than me that I used to gig with back in the day. Now I've not seen him for a couple of years and when he came over I confess I didn't recognise him. His red hair and beard had become grey. This is what stress does to you, he said. His business had managed to successfully navigate the pandemic by refusing to subscribe to the cult of the Branch Covidians, instead opting for the sensible approach of allowing people to assess their own risks or the absence of. Because even on the Isle of Woke, locals would rather not eat their pie and mash off of communist China. And then came the second move on the chessboard. Now, according to the Office for National Statistics, 2.8 million small businesses in the UK had been killed up to December 2021. That's not nearly enough for a great reset. And so came the manufactured energy price increases. My friend tells me that his monthly energy bills have gone from £600 a month to £2,600 a month. He can't survive this and he's resigned to having to close down. See, this isn't about money. I know many people think it is, but it's way, way deeper than that. The energy company's taking £600 a month for 10 years, £72,000. Instead, for a quick gain of £7,800, they'll have him shut his doors and they won't then be getting a penny more. That's not good business sense. Even the most vicious capitalist knows that you regularly fleece a sheep, but you can only skin it once. Unless the idea has always been to skin the sheep. And then when it lay bleeding in the cold, you offer it a brand new woolly jacket with universal basic income in one pocket and the compliance conditions required to get it in the other. Our final guest tonight is Jamie Mitchell, the founder of Gays Against Groomers, a coalition of gays against the sexualization, indoctrination and medicalization of children. Who could possibly disagree with being opposed to those three things? Well, you'd be surprised. Jamie, thanks for joining us. What was it that kind of that made you go, do you know what, I need to, I need to start an organization um, because this is getting out of hand? Well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I and everybody else have been seeing this onslaught of, um, you know, attacks on children from within the LGBTQ plus 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 community. There's a whole lot of letters I can't even keep up. Um, and, you know, I know that the majority of gay people and um, a lot of trans people too, probably the majority are against it. Um, and we were getting lumped in with all of it. Uh, people are associating us with them. So not only is it really bad for us, but we knew that I knew that our voices from within the community would be the most effective at stopping it because um, that didn't really exist. And, you know, there's straight people, parents, just everyone is fighting this, but they're easily dismissed as bigoted and hateful. 
uh, and all the phobics, right? So they, they're going to have a harder time doing that with us. They're trying, but I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You know, some of them are calling us, uh, you know, Media Matters has written about us a few times and they call us an anti-LGBTQ hate group, which is uh, a little shocking. I mean, we are LGBT. There's some trans people working with us. Um, but yeah, that's why I started it. And I never expected it to blow up like it did. But I think the fact that it has, I mean, we're we're about to reach 100,000 followers on Instagram, like in a few minutes. And that's um, amazing. And yeah, we just launched in June. So it's not even three months old yet. So wow. um, oh, that was one of the things I was going to ask you, actually, was um, was it the fact that, you know, because I don't like the like the term, you know, LGBTQ community as if everyone is exactly the same. It's one of those things, isn't it? But, you know, everyone uses that term. But I do see the odd comment here and there against some of this stuff and they do kind of lump in everyone and I can understand then why that would be frustrating for you and would be a reason you know for you to want to do this it really is I mean there's radicals within our community that make you know their sexuality or their gender their entire identity but us you know, there's millions of us within the community that um you know, I, I view my that me being a lesbian is like, OK, and I have brown eyes like it's just, a you know, it, it's one part of me. It's not who I am entirely like uh, and, and a lot of us feel that way. And yeah, the gay community is not a monolith. You know, all these people that are trying to get us taken offline, like we're allowed to have a different opinion and it nobody should be against us. I mean, this is like the most uniting cause possible to protect children. But you know, the, the, the people that are doing this within our community, I truly feel are um, a, a very small minority within our group, um, but they're so loud because they're backed by even the White House now. I mean, they're backed by woke corporations, woke media, uh, Board of Education, the medical industry now, and the White House. And so, you know, we have an uphill battle, but the majority of the population agrees with us. I mean, it's a no-brainer, really. Like, we just we don't care what you do as an adult just leave kids out of it i mean this is common sense absolutely absolutely and i saw that you obviously you got you got banned off of twitter for i don't know how long was it not very long thankfully but but when you got banned for that short period of time i was seeing some of the 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 kind of tweets that and i know twitter's not real life but some of the people that that were kind of saying oh you know celebrating it and i was thinking you've got an organization against the grooming of kids and you're celebrating the censorship of that group like Explain this to me like I'm five, how that doesn't make you the bad guy in this situation. Right. It's uh, really interesting. I mean, I've never seen so many groomers openly out themselves before. I mean, coming out against us says a lot more about you, I would think. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's no reason to be against us, except only if you're a groomer, only if you're a pedophile. Like, yes, we pose a very great threat to you. Um, and, you know, I think that these people that are coming out against us, there's, you know, some radical trans activists that do that are doing everything they can to silence us because they know that we're going to be effective. I mean, we already have been. We're so we're so uh, new and we've amassed such a following that that they, they know we're a real threat to their uh, to their plans and they're scared and they should be. But it's truly I mean, it's been eye opening to see how many are actually trying to silence us. Yeah, that did that did shock you know me yesterday. It was it was like going into the twilight zone, honestly, reading some yeah, of the message, well, like some of the, the posts. You know, our mission is twofold. First and foremost, it's to protect kids, but it's also to save our community. Um, in the past few years, acceptance of 
LGBT people has declined drastically. And it's because, you know, the, well, before even what was happening uh, to kids, like it was just shoved down everyone's throats, you know, pride stuff everywhere. Um, and now with the push on kids to sexualize, indoctrinate and butcher them, um, yeah, people are obviously going to turn on the gay community as a whole. So I'm trying to like help us out as well, you know, to reclaim our good standing in society because we fought really long and really hard to achieve our rights and our place in society to be seen just as everyone else. And in a few short months, it feels like uh, these radicals and activists are wiping all of that out. Um, so I, I really encourage our detractors to think twice and uh, unite with us. Um, we're not a partisan coalition. Uh, this isn't a left versus right issue. This is just good versus evil at this point. Uh, and I wish they would see that we're trying to like, you know, save ourselves too. Absolutely. Do, do you feel like, because you mentioned earlier about how it is something that kind of unites most people. Um, I think, you know, the, 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 the child issue is huge because you can have every single, every single area of every single community, you, you can have a big massive guy on a building site and then, you know, a woman who works in a library, but they've got kids, so they're on the same page, you know, on, the, on that. So it kind of transcends, you know, class and, and, and income bracket and all that sort of stuff. But, but so, so why do you think it's being pushed so much by the establishment? Because it is like, like you've said earlier, most people are against it. Right. I think that, uh, you know, back when we were fighting to get gay marriage legalized, there were people that were saying uh, that the slippery slope is going to happen where, you know, what's next? Um, pedophiles being accepted and lumped in with us. And at the time, I thought those people were absolutely crazy. I was like, no, we literally just want to have equal rights. Um, but, you know, now a few years later and we're practically at the bottom of the slope, I fear it's going to get a little bit lower. But I think that the end game has always been for these people to normalize the sexualization, the sexualization of children um, to make it OK, you know, for them to be able to prey on children and abuse them a bit unabated, um, because that's where this is all going. You know, you're normalizing children's sexuality. Um, and being sexual beings. I mean, you see some of the books in libraries and, and being in schools for, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds, and they're full on pornographic illustrations. Um, and if and that's it, the same goes for like transgender kids, which they're, you know, a trans kid doesn't exist. It's uh, the parents that are typically doing it. It's like a vegan cat, you know, who's making the decisions. But um, the same with gender. If a child can consent to puberty blockers, and can you know make their own mind up about changing their gender they can pretty much consent to anything right like it's a it's a very short line to draw um and i also think that there's a push a strong push from big pharma i think that needs to be talked about a lot more um it's basically been common practice now within the medical community and industry to say that gender affirming care is life saving, to instantly pump them full of these toxic uh, poisons um, like puberty blockers and hormones at a young age and, and even butcher them um, with sex reassignment surgery. So these people are, these kids are gonna become uh, patients for life, really. They're gonna be dependent on the medical industry their whole lives. So I think that that's a really big part of it too. I agree. I agree. And also what, what's funny to me as, as a fan of like football or obviously or soccer, as you call it, in, uh, over in the States, is 
I remember playing football with, with tomboys. Like my sister was kind of a bit of a tomboy. And I was, to be fair, like I used to wear eyeliner and nail varnish, I had long blonde hair, believe it or not, as a, as a, as a teenager. And I think that was just totally normal. Like he's quite a feminine boy, she's a tom, tomboy as, as a girl. Whereas now, someone at school or whatever would have, you know, you know are you sure that you've, you've not thought that maybe you're, you know, and kind of almost tried to push us into something. That's exactly right. And I'm so glad you brought that up. One of our campaigns is actually called Save the Tomboys because I was a tomboy growing up. Uh, I'm still a tomboy. Like I wear men's clothes sometimes and that's totally fine. And all of these, you know, young tomboys and feminine boys are being erased. They're being told that they're probably the other gender that are they are you really a girl? Are you really a little boy? I don't know. You know, this idea is being planted in their heads. And yeah, it's it's devastating because a lot of these uh, young boys and girls um, grow up to be gay and they're really erasing us. Um, and it's it's horrifying because all of us feel this way that if we were raised right now, we would have absolutely been transitioned. You know, if our parents were a little bought into this cult a little bit uh, or a lot, we would have been transitioned. And I have never had the thought that I wanted to be a boy. I'm totally content and very proud and happy to be a tomboy. And I love being a woman, you know, so it's, it's incredibly dangerous what's going on and it's devastating. Absolutely. We had, we had Lawrence Fox actually on, on the show a few weeks ago and he was talking about some stuff he'd found out where he was getting letters home from his kid's school. And he was saying that in, in Wales here in the UK, they were teaching masturbation to kids as young as four. Now, you know, I've got a four-year-old daughter. She don't need to know about that. Like, that's just, that's just insane. So with that in mind that this stuff is happening, do you, how, how has, has, has Gays Against Groomers been received? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your, your gobby ones on Twitter and all that sort of stuff, but, but as a whole, most people are, are totally behind you, I, I assume. Oh, 100%. Um, the the uh, response has been overwhelming positive I'd say like 98% positive and we get messages from people in the gay community who have been horrified at what's going on um, and they are so glad that we exist they say I finally feel like I have a community again because it's people gay people are ashamed to like even be gay now because what we see happening being done in our name we've had messages from you know the staunchest conservative Christians saying we love you guys thank you so much for joining this fight and a lot of straight people as well that are just, uh, they're, they're saying that they have no problem with gay people and they don't even have a problem with trans adults. You know, it's like they, they said that they have family members or friends that are gay and they love them dearly, but seeing what's going on is just crossing a line. I mean, anybody with a few brain cells can understand that this is seriously crossing a line. This is not okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's really not, no reason to, do anything but unite with us and support us in this fight. Exactly. And I always thought this about this whole kind of drag queen story hour thing, which seemed to come out of America, didn't go down particularly well. The people didn't like it, yet they still exported it then to the rest of the world. And it's here in the UK now. There's, there's lots and lots of protests across the UK at the minute where people are actually, you know, storming into libraries to try and stop these things. And I, I'm thinking, see, if I, I was a, if I was a trans person, and I wanted to engage with the community and I wanted to engage with young people and, and you know, and, and my sole mission was just acceptance, you know, of actually, you know, we are just like you, you know, dressing up as a drag queen, it would not be my way of going about it. It just seems completely odd to, to, to sexualize everything with, with kids because you're always going to get a backlash from that. 
Yeah, uh, it blows our mind too. I mean, I, we actually have a few drag queens that are part of our coalition that speak out really, really loudly against what these drag queens are doing. Um, I don't know why they are trying to have this label attached to them unless they actually are pedophiles and are trying to get this normalized. You know, I think that the world has a much larger pedophilia problem than any of us good people can truly wrap our minds around. Um, and I think that they're, they see our, what's being done with our community and they're using us as a shield to kind of push it push that line further and further. They've moved the Overton window so far that, you know, all of us are left trying to crawl back from it and, and, and bring it back to like, you know, an appropriate place. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild to watch. And um, if gay rights ever do get rolled back, it's going to be because of people like this. Uh, like I said, the acceptance of LGBT people has been declining drastically in the past few years. And it's obviously only because of this. Um, yeah. And the backlash against our community is going to be uh, very strong. And that's why I also, you know, that's that's one of the main reasons I started this to try and reverse the slope and draw a big red line between us and say, no, the majority of us are against this just as much as you, if not more, because we're being associated with it. You, this is why what you're doing is so important. And you must have such thick skin as well to take the amount of abuse that you get from, from these absolute minority, of course. But as you said earlier, they do shout pretty loud and they do have the backing of, of, of Silicon Valley and, and big business and all that kind of stuff. Do, do you see um, your organization, you know, going beyond borders? And so you would have people over here, say, for instance, in, in, in Britain, you would have people in you know, France, wherever, all over the world that are, you know, joining your organization. Yeah, 100%. We already have a UK chapter that has uh, popped up. We're working on getting all the chapters, um, you know, set up. It's right now, it's it's really just me working on things behind the scenes. And like I said, our, our enormous growth in such a short time is making it difficult to to juggle everything. But we, you know, within the first few days that we launched, we had people reaching out from all over the world, asking if there's a chapter by them, if they can start it. We have Australia, Ireland, UK, France, Spain, um, places That's in great. South America. Yeah, it's just, it's it's going to be a global movement. It's well on its way. Um, and everybody sees the need for it. Uh, and we have overwhelming support from not just gay people, but straight people. You know, That's everybody amazing. in the world wants to stop this, uh, except for those radicals who you know we, they are pedophiles they they have to be pedophiles there's no explanation there's no other possible reason that they would want this to happen to children i mean when we got suspended from twitter we've been suspended now three times in less than three months uh but they say that it's due to hateful conduct and i i obviously disagree uh i believe it's actually hateful conduct to uh, medicalize and, and sexualize children. I mean, you really must hate them if you want to set them up for a lifetime of trauma and medical complications, you know? Yeah. So I can't think of anything more hateful than the abuse of, of, of children that, that can't fight, fight back for themselves. That's literally, for me, exactly. that is the, the top. Right. There's nothing more hateful. There's nothing more grotesque. And we are going to put an end to it, period. Fantastic. So where, where can people around the world that, that, you know, maybe want to start a chapter or, or join a chapter, see if there's one near them, where, where can they go to find that? Um, yeah, currently we are going to have individual chapters up on our website soon where you can click on the link and you will be connected to the chapter leader and get involved. Right now we don't have that up, but it, uh, we do have a volunteer section on our site. 
If you go to gazeagainstgroomers.com, there's all different kinds of ways you can volunteer with us. We're still working on getting it all organized. Um, we need a little bit of time, but go to our website, gazeagainstgroomers.com. You can find everywhere you can follow us. There's ways to support our organization. We are completely self-funded and we have brand new merch that is pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, figure you can find us there and get in touch with us as well uh, through there. That's great. Thank you for everything that you're doing. It's so important. I think most people at home probably realize how important it is. Um, some might not, obviously, but it is, it's huge. Um, so thank you so much for that. And, and, and thanks for joining us. It, it, was, it was great to have you on. Thank you for having me. Nice talking with you. Hello, I'm Jamie Icke, CEO and founder of Iconic. People regularly ask me, why do we charge for our services? Well, the answer is simple. The ambition here is to build the biggest independent media platform in the world with the highest production standards. We recently introduced a brand new $7.99 pricing plan to make Iconic affordable for all. For just a couple of cups of coffee a month, you can access the world's premier media source. Take out a seven day free trial today and come and see what Iconic has to offer.